What's up, guys? This is TJ Murphy, and you are listening to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. My guest today is Joshua Jensen. For the past two decades, Josh has built and turned around companies and teams from the ground up. Through his experiences as a leader, he has learned that character is a better indicator of talent, impact on culture, and fit than a creatively crafted resume. Skills can be learned, but character attributes and soft skills can only be acquired and developed over time. Founder of multiple companies, serving as the CEO and managing director at several more, and hitting rock bottom along the way, Josh's story and experiences provide a wealth of insight into succeeding as a leader and living a life built around intentionality, community, and building relationships that lead to greatness. Just a few of the golden takeaways Josh shares in this episode are the power of relationships, his story of participating in the running of the bulls, which is awesome, by the way, becoming a culture creator and connector, entrepreneurism as a construct, and one daily practice that inevitably leads to a happy life. So without further ado, this is Josh and me talking business, life, and how to leave everyone you interact with just a little bit happier than you found them. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, hey, Josh, welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, TJ. Yeah, man, it's great to see you, my friend. And as I was prepping for this interview, I was thinking back to try to remember how we first got connected, which was probably over a year ago now. And Funny enough, yeah. which I may have never mentioned, but it was an automated LinkedIn message that I was running for you know, really just targeting local entrepreneurs here in Bend, trying to grow my community. And my auto message worked. You responded. So winning That's there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we jumped right. on a call, I think it was like a week or so later. And I remember getting off that call and thinking to myself, that is how I want to make people feel when they meet me. You just had such a welcoming energy. and. Yeah, you were just genuinely excited and, and interested in what I was building and that I was eager to grow my community here in Bend in Central Oregon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you also shared a ton of wisdom with me on that call for what you were building and what you're working on. So I just want to say thanks for being awesome, man. I really appreciated that. <laughs> that's that's cool to hear, man. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. I love it. Cool, man. Well, I'm excited to dive into your journey a little bit and and share some more of that wisdom with our community. So to kick things off, can you tell us about your journey to becoming the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Oh, yeah, I kind of figured you were going to ask a question like that. And I, <laughs> Where to start, I started, right? I started, yeah, I mean, well, I, I started thinking about this and it's it's like, and and quite honestly, I don't, I don't consider myself an, an entrepreneur necessarily, but, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we all have a little bit of it inside of us, you know, in some ways, I think. I think I just historically have always just pursued things I was interested in, right? And so I wouldn't say that there was necessarily uh, a path by design. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, uh, uh, 
I think back, you know, I, I moved away, I grew up in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, and I had some entrepreneurial endeavors as a, you know, as a kid, whether it's mowing lawns or, yeah. um, I vacuumed, vacuumed houses, uh, some buddies and I in high school started a, a what we called a clothing company where we just basically designed shirts and had them printed, try to sell them to people at school. And, um, I never view, really viewed it as being entrepreneurial. It was just, we thought it'd be fun. We could make some money. Um, but then I left, I left Southern California, moved, moved to Oregon to go to the university of Oregon. And, uh, and, uh, I had the, you know, took a year to get residency to save on tuition. Cause I knew I was going to pay for school Yeah, on my own. I could save, you know, by being an in-state resident and, and so I worked full-time through college um, and, uh, and then uh, you know, did, did school on loans and then uh, used the uh, money that I earned to, to pay the bills, pay for books. And I woke up, you know, four years later and realized that entry-level finance positions uh, were going to pay me less than I had been making in, in college in kind of a lower-level management position working at Costco. And I thought, my goodness, if I was to go back to Southern California and take on one of these roles, I'd have to give up my lifestyle to maybe rent an apartment with three buddies just to make ends meet in Los Angeles, for example. And I just, for whatever reason, I, that seemed like not a great idea, even though that's what I'd been planning to do for yeah. four years. And so suddenly I just, I needed to pivot. And uh, that's what brought me to Bent. You know, so I moved here right after college. And maybe that's when I finally got, got started in new endeavors. So I started, a, um, I started out selling life insurance and really it was the means to an end. I thought it was a great way to get paid for how hard I worked, which wasn't always the case, you know, in a, an hourly or salary position. And uh, I developed that into a financial advising practice and, um, and was very fortunate in a very short period of time. Uh, uh, built up a pretty good book. I think roughly 350 clients in about three years. Wow. Uh, which I learned later was a was actually a good clip, and um, sure, and that I think is when I first started to understand the power of relationships and being referable, and this energy that you, you know you're talking about. It's like I genuinely have a curiosity of other people and learning their story and what makes them tick, and figuring out what their why is for no other reason than just I'm curious. And being curious how I can help them, and lo and behold, I mean, when you when you sort of have a um, um, when it's not a self serving effort, it's just your own curiosity. It's amazing the type of people you can meet and how much they're willing to help you grow yourself, grow your business, grow your contacts, and it kind of just took off from there. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So I know there's, there's a lot between. Then and now, I don't know if you want me to go through the whole story. No, well, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll tease okay. some more out. But yeah, the power okay, right. power of relationships is is good because that's kind of the theme that I want to take us down today. Um, and this okay, this yeah. next question might not might not go anywhere, but you mentioned it in passing before this interview that you believe entrepreneurism is a construct. I'm curious what what does that mean to you exactly? So that's a good question. So I, I go if I go back to college, I, I remember thinking. I remember thinking I wanted to be, I wanted to, to major in architecture. I was really interested in it. Uh, but then I learned that the program at the University of Oregon was a five-year program. Mm -hmm. Program, And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I already took a year for residency. So if I do a five-year program, then now I'm six years. And I just 
for was for whatever reason, I felt, I just felt this sense of urgency to to start life, you know, to get out and start a career, and I wasn't willing to put in that extra year, and so I chose. I was thinking at the time about mathematics. My grandfather got his doctorate in mathematics, and it was kind of always a subject of interest to me. And and so I'm. I remember sitting in a. a a calculus course my freshman year and I'm loving the material I'm eating it up taking notes yeah. but I'm a pretty gregarious guy and I'm trying to razz the guys next to me and make jokes and yeah the looks I'm getting are I mean it's they're not landing none of they're the not vibing what you're throwing out there <laughs> they're, not, <laughs> they're not vibing it so I had to sit back I thought okay if I if I go down this path um then I am going to probably have to work with these people the rest of my career, whatever I do. Yeah. And so socially, I didn't think I'd be happy in that type of environment with people I was really struggling to find a common ground to connect with. And so then I go to business, you know, and I think, okay, well, business, I can go anywhere with it, you know, and I ultimately landed on finance um, because I felt it was the math of business and it was one of the more difficult concentrations and but in that process, you know, kind of going through with all the process of elimination, entrepreneurship was was one of the, the areas of focus that I could have chosen. And I really at first looked close at that and I thought, this sounds really exciting. But the more I started to think about the real world application, I think it was just some biases that I had in my head at the time at that age. But I just thought, if someone says, what do you do? And my answer, my answer is, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> My my thought at the time was, okay, so you you live with your mother and you're yeah. trying to figure out a way, you know, it just you're, I didn't you're really spinning from one idea to the next, yeah. always trying to yeah. catch a break. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wrong wrong or right. I just wasn't ready to to commit to that yeah. title as a college student, you know. And but looking back through, you know, over the years, I really think that let's use Bend as an example, right? So I promise you, I'm getting to an answer. Oh, this is great. You're good, man. This place, there's something unique about Central Oregon, right? Absolutely. And it's mainly around the people. It's not just the air. It's the people. And if I have to think about why, yeah, I thought about this years ago, why it seems like such a unique place in terms of the people, it's because number one, people who live here are here because they want to be. Yeah. This is not like a large city where people feel tethered to the town because of their job, right? It's people move here because they they want to enjoy a certain lifestyle. So already the vibe is better, you know, than a lot of other places because everyone's waking up happy, right? 100%. But beyond that, up until recently, up until COVID, you know, telecommuting was not cool, right? And so what you have is I, I remember meeting people just 15 years ago. I meet people and they you know uh, they say, yeah, we just moved here from Philadelphia, and I said, that's awesome. What brought you here? Well, we just really wanted to be here. That's great. What are you doing for work? We don't know. We just quit our jobs and we just <laughs> thought we'd figure it out. But they're excited. But what people don't realize when they have that sort of like, I'll figure it out mentality, that go West mentality, that is entrepreneurism, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have people who bail on security in pursuit of fulfillment. And then they get here and they realize, Oh, there's no jobs yeah. compared to the large city. So we better figure it out. We better build something. We better bake something. We, you know, and all of a sudden you end up with a, like a, 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 um, 
a hotbed of people who maybe don't even think about themselves as entrepreneurs, but are just finding a way to make a living. And it was not that long ago that that was all of us generationally, right? It's like you just moved to a place and you figured out what you were good at. You know what? We can grow corn and then we'll take the stocks and we can make hats and sell those. You just, you found a way to make a living based on your skill set, and it was survival, right? Now that's called entrepreneurship. And I, and I, maybe I'm a bit of a romantic this way, but I think most of us have it inside, but it's only been a few generations that we've, we've moved into this world of like um, specialization, so to speak. But I don't think we're that far removed from it, if that makes no. sense. No, and I love how you put just describing Bend. I mean, it is such a unique phenomenon. People move here because they love the outdoors. They, they want easy access to mountains, rivers, lakes, all the beautiful things that we have here. And like you said, I mean, I meet all these people that move and they maybe they have a remote job or they have no job. And it really is happening in that organic way where they're like, okay, now what? What are we going to build? Like, there are no sure. jobs here. It's a, It was a very small community up until very recently, and it's growing fast. So jobs are few, but we have this amazing startup culture now. And from like natural food products, there's a huge community around that. Outdoor businesses, whether that's product brands or experiential type businesses, it's just this melting pot of cool ideas. And some are taken off, some won't, but it's that spirit that I really love. And I'm you know, I'm just so excited to get out and meet more and more people because it's just fueling this energy of creativity and a spirit of entrepreneurism as you're talking about. So absolutely. You got it. It's, unique spot. Yeah. it's, it's an awesome thing. And you have this diverse background. So you went to the U of O, you studied finance. I actually took the opposite route. I did go with the entrepreneurship <laughs> degree and I only, I was drawn to that just because it, it puts you into these creative group settings where you, you know, we're going to come up with a product idea or have a problem that you needed to solve and you're going to work through it together. And that really drew me in versus the finance side. I never really liked working with, with numbers all that much, or, you know, just getting a general business degree. But my thought was not that I was going to start a business out of college. I thought I was just going to go and get a, a marketing role and be like a marketing consultant at a big marketing firm. And, you know, my path took me here eventually there's a lot of a lot of bumps in the road but you know it doesn't have to be that linear path and that brings me to my point like you had 10 years in new york life insurance you opened a it was a cantina right in puerto rico uh yeah we we were distilling small batch rum small batch rum that's right a distillery and you had a bar and then you you know you moved on to you know, help and and found a series of startups. And I think most people will agree that's not a very linear path <laughs> that you took. <laughs> so I'm curious if any no. insights come to mind into how you've, you know, adapted and, and pivoted throughout your career. You know, this is an interesting topic. Now, yeah, I think I have some insights, you know, um, after nearly 20 years. But in the moment, I mean, truth be told, there's moments of panic. Um, and because it can feel a lot of times in life that we're, you know, at least I'm speaking from personal experience, where, where it seems like we're zigging and zagging, you know, and 
the, the thing that maybe you get the most excited about to pursue, especially to others, seems like a total 180 from where you were. And it's hard sometimes in those moments where you're getting ready to pursue what you feel is best for you. It's hard not to let the voices of others deter you a little bit. Yeah. And, but when you, when you look back, it, it all just sort of those zigs and zags that all looks like a straight line. Yeah. They, all those dots connect one thing led to another. Yeah. And I think that you actually, you sparked a, a thought I totally forgot. So I was like anti-entrepreneur, but I, I left college with two business plans. I had plans on opening, <laughs> opening businesses out here, you know, and, um, and I, I wanted to, I had a business plan prepared that was in the, uh, related to the snow industry. Um, I really wanted to work in the snow industry and, um, and I get here and I'm, I know there's a need here for what I wanted to create. And, uh, I get ready to, to get started. And I realized I lacked two things. One was relationships in the industry, which it turns out are really important in a niche it's like that. And then <laughs> the second thing is I lacked capital. I didn't need money, you know? And so, um, so then I thought, well, there's a company I know in Bend called Mission Six. And uh, I think they've since they've moved on quite a long, long time ago, but at the time they made incredible outerware and it was located here. And so I'm new to town. I don't know a soul, but I think, okay, I love snow sports. I think I'm a, pretty cool guy. Uh, now I have this finance degree. I'm going to, I'm going to go in there. I don't care if I have to start in the mail room. I'm going to go in, get my foot in the door and start working my way into this industry with, in, with intention. And so I look up the, uh, I looked at the address and I show up and it's like a, it's like a strip mall, not a built, like not a big office building. And I thought it's kind of strange. And I, I see the, the, emblem on the door it's like one of those ones that you access the office from the outside you know you yeah. just open the door kind of a thing and and so i open the door and it is it is maybe a 15 by 15 foot room with fold-out card tables around the outside and like four or five people in sweatshirts on laptops oh my god and i open the door and, I, and I'm, I'm in a suit by the way totally overdressed and they they open uh, uh, i open the door and they turn and look at me and i said oh i'm sorry i'm looking for um mission six and I've got my resume in my hand and the guy says, well, yeah, this is mission six. And, oh, okay. Okay. So want? I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. They were apparently operating this massive international business from this little room. And I, it became pretty apparent. Okay. There is no mail room. Like, there's no, there's no room for me in this, you know, in this company. And the only, one of the, the motivating factors for me starting with New York life and out of securities was I saw it as a way to work my butt off for two years and squirrel away some cash so I could take that money and go start my company. That was the whole motivation. And then two years into it, the economy is completely upside down here. You know, houses are going for 30 cents on the dollar. Nobody's hiring. Nobody, I, it was just a completely different environment than it was two years previously. And all of a sudden I was, and I was doing well. It's something I didn't plan on doing for very long, you know, and so, that, those are those pivots, you know, that they, those doors, these random doors open and you sometimes have to be able to make these decisions on a fly. And what you decided to do two years ago, well, now we're here and things have changed and you have to be okay to be nimble, you know? And I think, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to have that vision and, 
you know, also the bravery to say, yeah, I'm going to go work for mission six. I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to walk in there in my suit and tie and hand them a resume. And they're going to hire me because I'm not going to leave and I'm not going to give up. And then you realize, no, I mean, there's literally, there's no room. I couldn't even squeeze in here if they had a job for me. So I felt, I felt so <laughs> foolish. Man, it was so embarrassing. How would you have known, man? I mean, that's, yeah, that's great uh, on their part. Perception of being huge and yep. you got five dudes in sweatshirts run, running this that's international right. business. Right. That's right. So let's bring things forward to to what you're focused on today, man. Tell me a little bit about where things are at for you here in March of 2023. What has your focus? Uh, yeah, no, that's a good question. I think you know, it's all right. Yeah, I think it might make might make sense. I've been trying to explain this to people, yourself included, and I feel like I come off really scattered. I think I need to work on my, I need to do a better job crafting my message, you know, um, because it feels like I'm doing a lot. And, but but if we go half step back, it's it's partially out of drive, partially out of perceived necessity, partially mm-hmm. out of time. Because you know, when I left finance and went to Puerto Rico, and there's a whole laundry list of reasons why I cho- chose to literally just hit eject. Um, you know, I bet my nest egg uh, on those ventures down there, and the plan was to stay for a while you know, and get those up and running to the point where we can maybe split our time between the States and, uh, and there. And, um, but, you know, Hurricane Maria had completely different plans for us, you know, and all attempts at um, trying to rebuild were completely cut off. And, you know, we, we did our best for about three months after the storm. And ultimately, I don't know if it's stubbornness. I don't know if it was uh, me just being naive, but I quite honestly thought that we could beat it. And so I spent all my time, energy, and the last of my money trying to break through and rise on the other end of this thing. And um, and it just didn't work. You know? And so three months later, we still had no power, no water, no resources, no familial uh, infrastructure that we didn't know anybody when we first got down there, right? And so... Um, and then my wife was uh, seven months pregnant at that point with our second, and I was going broke, and we we just left it all. Um, we literally packed up a few bags, shut the doors and everything, and just flew back to the States and started from scratch. And we moved in with family and just hit reset. And so on the, you know, coming coming out of that, I think for the first time ever, I was no longer thinking in a uh, a linear way. Like I, I didn't have a set goal that I was going to strive towards like I had in the past. It was reset. So it was okay. We built it once. I need to figure out how to build it again. But also, uh, I'm a little older now. So it's not like I have all this time to zig and zag and try all these things out and see what works. And if that path doesn't work, then try another and so I just started throwing casting lines is what I call it and just kind of putting it out into the the universe open to anything talking to everybody and just trying to tune in to opportunities so I could be ready when one would present itself and so you fast forward to now and and now I um you know, I'm the chief operating officer of a, a fintech and payments processing company. Um, a tremendous amount of fun working with that team. Uh, company's been wildly successful before my arrival, but uh, you know, I get to play a hand in in sort of pivoting and restructuring 
the company coming off the back end of some extremely explosive growth. So that is a fun challenge. Um, and then we just recently launched a division of that company. Uh, I, I took on that effort and I'm also the chief operating officer of uh, uh, this spinoff, which is an equipment financing uh, company called a Cat, uh, Cascade Equipment Leasing. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're getting ready to hit the road and uh, doing the trade show thing to, oh, to really, you know, drum up and bring it back next week. I'll be in Boston, you know, doing that. So we're Sweet. we're about to kind of open the floodgates there, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And then uh, uh, some good friends of mine I've known for a very long time uh, that have done some executive coaching, fractional CEO work, fractional CFO work, uh, just through uh, the, the the community and relationships that uh, I've received and some of the work that we've done together previously, we found the need to to spin up a consultancy called CXO 3623. And so we spend our time working with a very small subset of clients that were referred to that are looking to uh, exit their business sometime between one and three years. And we come in and we figure out what's working for them, what's helping with the value, uh, the company's value. So we do evaluation. And then we scale them up uh, uh, to essentially decouple them from the company. And uh, on the back end, when they're ready to exit, then we we broker the business. And you know, the, obviously, the vision is to sell it for much more than they would have otherwise had we not been involved as a fractional C-suite. Um, and then, uh, you know, my passion project that uh, uh, actually came as a result of the frustrations of both interviewing and hiring thousands of people over the years. Fast forward post Puerto Rico to being on the other side, being someone who quite honestly just was looking for a job out of necessity. Those frustrations on both sides sparked a startup that um, uh, I developed called Character ID, which is a platform to uh, to uh, quantify and display an individual's character um, based on 18 specific character attributes. So an individual can be judged and selected based on their soft skills. Uh, the things that have been acquired and developed over time and not just the keywords on their resume, which is how everybody does it right now. Yeah. And um, so that's, there's all those things. Yeah. Happening kind of at once, um, which is, which is exciting. Yeah. And I think the common thread here, which going back to some words you said at the beginning is the power of relationships. It really sounds like all of these ventures have, spun out of the people and and your love for working with these people and then the ideas that you're creating together and why not have multiple things that are all exciting and, and are really pushing the needle forward that you get to work on with people that you enjoy working with so i mean i Absolutely. see i see you and i think it's clear that you're someone that's just crafted a tremendous skill set in being a connector and and more importantly a, a culture creator and i'm curious has that always been just a part of your dna or is that something that you've grown into <laughs> over time <laughs> you know that's a good question it, it is someone asked me several years ago i mean i guess maybe it's been over a decade now you know have you figured out what your purpose in life is you know which is a i mean that's a it's deep a question deep, man right? yeah it's hard and i just like i had to think about it for a little bit and I think about the things I enjoy. I think about where I like to spend my time. And ultimately what I boiled down to, I decided in that moment, or maybe discovered in that moment that I think the thing that I meant to do, because the thing that I enjoy the most is leaving every single person that I interact with in a better spot than when I found them. 
And that doesn't have to be heavy. That can be the cashier at the grocery store that, you know, I just want to interact and be pleasant and see them smile, crack a joke. And if all that happens is when I leave, you know, that establishment, they think, man, that was, I enjoyed that interaction. I like that guy. Like, okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's a, it's an energy almost. And I, I get a charge out of that, yeah. you know? And so I think it's maybe always been there. Um, because I think before I was aware of it, what I was aware of is that strangers just talk to me. Like, I don't know if this happens to you, DJ, but like, I yeah. could be in, you know, I could be in Seven Eleven, and uh, I'll just, you know, maybe it's eye contact. I mean, I don't know, but it's, but it's, it's the vibe, man. Your, your yeah, energy, some... <laughs> the, the body energy, the smile when you walk in the room, like all of those triggers, even if you're not consciously aware of them, that just sends a signal out that's like, okay, yeah. that, that's somebody I could talk to. Like, and they do, <laughs> they do talk to you. They just start yeah. telling you. I mean, and by the time, you know, all I'm trying to do is buy a bottle of water. And by the time I leave there, I know the challenges they're having with their kids. And, uh, you know, they just start, they just start talking. And I think that that's a, it's actually a compliment. If people do that to you, it means you have, you have a, an energy that is, is calming and comforting, trustworthy, you know, and you can either choose to sort of lean into that or not. It's up to you, but yeah, I think I I think it existed before I became aware that I enjoyed that enjoyed interacting like that. If that makes sense, it does. I mean, for me, I, I think that's a superpower to be able to lean into that, and it's definitely one of my core values that that a mentor always preached to me is just like love and care for the people around you, and just as you said, like leaving everyone better from that interaction with you than they were previously. And sometimes it, like you said, it's as simple as like holding the door open for someone smiling at something, just saying hi to, you know, the, the someone who looks like they're homeless and is just sitting there on the side of the road that just gets ignored by 99.9% of people. Just, Hey, how was your day going? You know, all those little details, mm -hmm. little things, that little extra effort. That's what is lacking the most in this world. So I keep on living, li you. living your, your truth there, man, because, you know, like I said in the beginning, that's, that's what you left me with was just that feeling of, of positive. So cool to hear. Yeah. That's so cool to hear. So, you know, clearly this connector, what, what strategies as a leader in, in business or in, or in life, like, what do you employ to bring people together and, and really align them towards a common goal and help them and, and your organizations overcome mm -hmm. differences and challenges? That's a big question, TJ. It's a big it's question. A, you don't have to take that entire. That is, you're just like, what's what's one piece? <laughs> no, no. It's you know. Yeah. I mean, that's that is what that is what ninety nine percent of my time is spent navigating. Quite honestly, you know, it's you know, forget the title. You know, I don't care that you know, I'm a you know, COO. You can say entrepreneur, whatever. You know, where we're effective as humans and where we're not, or, or, or ineffective, is in our ability to navigate the complexities of human relationships. It doesn't matter the industry. It doesn't matter, you know, what, you know, how many people you might be responsible for, et cetera, you know, to lead. It's that, you know, and, and it is a craft. And if you can, the magic happens in any organization when you can help individuals see that by, accomplishing the company's goals they're also accomplishing their individual goals 
When you can get that alignment, that's where the magic happens. Now, to get that alignment, this is where I think a lot of people miss, miss the mark, is you have to talk to people at an individual level and get to know them. You have to have that natural curiosity of what makes them tick. Because I promise you, they show up every day. You know, they, they get out of bed, they, they go to work or they go to the desk and they tell me, but they, they're going to work every day. And the chances are, it's not for the company. Chances are, it's not for you as their leader or manager. It's not for the widget or the service that the company produces. It's not because they have bring your dog to work day or free kombucha on tap. Yeah. It's none of those things. It's something else that you've got to find a way to, un to tap into. It's about their family. It's their drive for recognition. It's, you know, it's something that's personal to them. And so in any organization I've been a part of, I, I mean, thankfully I have that curiosity, but I, I try to spend my time, especially early on, getting to know them. You know, what brought them to the company? What do they like about what they do? What do they not like about what they, what they do? If they could change one or two things, about the company or organization as a whole or their job function, what would it be and why? But again, because I'm curious, I ask questions like, you know, five years from now, where do you think you want to be personally, professionally, financially? Number one, no one's really ever asked them that. And it forces them to think, you know, what do I want? And sometimes you realize that their goals are completely misaligned with the opportunities in front of them in their current role. If you don't know those things, then how can you get out in front of retaining that person and keeping them engaged in, in the job or in the culture yeah. for that matter? So it takes a lot of work at the one-on-one -on -one level, just kind of getting to know the individual, if that makes sense, getting the emotional side. Because if I don't know what goes on with them and what motivates them outside the walls of the company, I don't know how I can motivate them or align their motivation in the right way when they're within the walls, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. I mean, from my personal experience, I never had bosses that even scratched the surface of asking me questions like that or getting to know yep. why I was there in the first place or, or what I was working towards, what were my you know, advancement goals in that role. And so for me, as I'm growing a team, that's something that I'm really trying to learn how to do effectively and really get to know people on the front end and make sure that, you know, the path that they're on makes sense for what their personal professional. And as you said, financial, you I was literally taking all these notes because <laughs> I want to, I want to <laughs> you know, keep refining and keep you know getting better at this, but just having conversations, this doesn't need to be a, a big deal. It's just taking the effort and yep. really caring about the people that you're bringing into your organization or that even if it's, even if it's not a, you know, direct report or, or leadership role, just the people around you, knowing what your team, mm -hmm. you know, laterally or, or below you, like what is everybody working towards? And that's how you yeah. can really create that amazing culture. So, and that um, has, I mean, Carlos, that has to continue too, TJ, because, you know, they yeah. you just made me think of something else. We can unintentionally uh, foster an environment where everything becomes transactional, right? We have to have this meeting because we got to do this thing. Okay, I need you to follow through. Deadlines one week. Okay, ready, break. It's amazing what it does when you start a meeting with, how you doing? How's your family? What'd you guys do this, this weekend? You know, the water cooler talk that quite honestly gets lost more now 
virtually yeah. than it did in the office. Those opportunities to just interact at a personal level are virtually gone unless you intentionally insert them into the into the process. You know, and, and that's my biggest fear is that my relationships with people actually become purely transactional. Yeah, you know, we're just executing on tasks, um, which I don't think is fulfilling for anybody. You know? No, it definitely isn't. That's that's one thing that you know, my wife, she's just a huge advocate for for workplace wellness, and that's what she's passionate about. So I'm always learning from her. And you know, with my direct reports, we have a standing meeting most days. And you know, most of the time it's we're not there to talk about the tasks. I mean, that that is one of the reasons is like, hey, what can I help? you move forward? What, what, what do you need this week? Or what do you need today? What can I do to make what you're doing easier? But right. I mean, the majority, the 80% of call is just checking in, man. Oh, man, I know you were sick last week. How, how are you feeling now? What, what's going on? I know your, your dog got in an accident, whatever the case may be, like knowing what's going on in the people's lives around you and, and really being intentional about that. It's, uh, I think, like you said, it's, it's very much missed in this remote world that we're living in. Absolutely. Makes a difference. All right. Segwaying here. So okay. finding finding mentors has been the single biggest oh. game changer for me over the past, I'd say, five years of my life, both personally and, and professionally. And because it, it has had such a profound impact for me, it's it's an area I really want to continue to grow in and, and also be a better mentor myself to my team and, and to anyone out there. But I'm curious how you approach mentorship both as a mentor and as a mentee in the entrepreneurial space and you know are there any lessons that you've learned from others that have helped to shape your philosophy around that yes the best mentors that i have had and continue to have are ones who don't know they're my mentor yeah um and if you don't mind uh, i mean makes me think of a story don't mind so my my grandfather um my grandfather was, uh, by and large, the most influential person in my life um, forever, right? Essentially, you know, helped, helped to raise me. And uh guy was honest as the day, a day is long, kind of had that energy. I remember as a child, just sort of watching people gravitate to him, you know, and uh, quiet, but when he spoke, people listened. And I really didn't understand the power in that as a child. It just seemed like everywhere we went, people knew who he was which I just thought was pretty incredible because at home, he's a pretty humble guy. Yeah, and I remember um, I used to get in a lot of trouble as a, as a child, well, as an adolescent, I guess. I think the you minimum I ever... I don't know if I told you the story, but um, the, uh, I, used, I used to get suspended. It was a minimum of about eight times a year. It was sort of oh the, the floor. <laughs> and um, otherwise, you know, I had, good, I had good grades. I was, you know, yeah. a captain of the football team, was involved in sports. So... I, but I was a troublemaker. Um, I sort of had, had problems with authority and had not really learned how to be diplomatic yet in my approach or uh, in my rebuttals. And so I remember I got in big trouble, got suspended, um, and I ended up uh, essentially getting getting kicked out of the the office, the principal's office. You know, I think I was a, I was a senior in high school, and uh, uh, because the, of you know the argument we were having, and I was venting this to my grandfather later that day and he just listened and i'm i'm fired up and i'm just letting him know like how this injustice and i'm explaining why you know i'm right and they're just totally sideways and and then i finished and he just is looking at me 
And uh, he pauses and he says, Joshua, you do understand that it doesn't matter who's right or wrong in this scenario. Yeah. Which I thought, I said, of course, of course it does. Like I'm clearly, I'm right. That. He says, no, no. <laughs> That's right. He says, he says, it doesn't matter because you're not in charge. He says, you know, even if you are correct, when you go against that system where you're at right now, they're going to be perceived as a troublemaker. He said, the best thing that you can do is be a yes man. It doesn't mean you just do everything blindly, but become more of a yes man and you take stock of all the things that you think need to be changed. And then you work your way into a position where you are in charge and then you change everything. And that was the moment I, all my teen angst like went out and I just, I got it. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is like, this is totally doable. And I've operated in that way in some respects. Um, since then, you fast forward, I don't know, maybe it was like 15 years later and I was sharing that story with him. The pivotal moment in my, in my young life um, where I think everything sort of shifted, energy shifted, right? Um, and I shared that story and how monumental of a, of a moment it was. Then he turns to me and he says, I said that. <laughs> I, said, I said, you don't remember? I think about this like weekly. He says, well, the single okay, biggest moment in my, my young yeah. adult life. <laughs> and so I share that with you because awesome. you know, the, the people who have been the best mentors to me are the people who don't know that they're being mentors. They don't, they're, they're just talking, but they're just dropping knowledge, you know? And the way in which I've, I've uh, tried to go about keeping mentors in my life is I, I, I kind of force it. When I find someone that I like to be around, I think has great views, has great values, has high character, um, that I can learn something from, you know, they're friends. I want to spend time with them. And I have to make that conscious effort on a regular basis to just be around them. Yeah, and we talk family. Yeah, we talk business and we talk, and but in there, as they talk, I'm just to all they're talking about their situation, but I'm just totally flipping it and thinking about my own scenarios and what's going on in my world. That those have for me have been the best mentors or the people that I'm not going, I'm sitting, I'm not sitting down looking for advice, yeah. but they have wisdom without knowing they have wisdom, if that makes any sort of sense. No, it does. Yeah, learning from their experiences and their storytelling. Yeah. And as you said, just flipping that script and how can I apply that in, in my own situation? Go. Like that directly translates to the problem that I'm having right now. And as you That's said, right. that breakthrough moment can happen. Man, I love it. I love it. You're, you're doing this for me right now. The, the wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm flipping that script in my head. So, uh, you know, this is a podcast about, and it's kind of, we're saying it's, it's, it's almost a naughty word, entrepreneurship, but right. <laughs> one of right. the biggest hurdles that most successful entrepreneurs face at one time or another, really anyone in life in general, is living a well-rounded life and doing mm -hmm. the things that bring them joy with the people that they care about most. And I, I always ask this question because it's so fundamental to living a happy life. And the question is like, what does living a well-rounded life look like for you? That is a good question. I'll be honest with you. I am more tired now than I think I've ever been. Um, Can't imagine why, I'm, man. You got but I'm <laughs> more businesses. <laughs> but I'm still, I'm exhilarated. I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. And Energy part of that's because, 
yeah, I get to interact with cool people all day, right? You know, and I get to do stuff like this. You know, even just having coffee with you, like that charges me up. Learning what people have going on, figuring out how I can help them, who I can connect them with, that stuff gets me excited. I have, I feel that despite all that exhaustion, I, you know, I feel very, very thankful to say I, I feel as though I've finally come to understand what this term means, right? This well-rounded life. You're talking about maybe some call it work-life balance. Maybe it's uh, diversity of experiences, but you know, with all the things going on, I've started. To, you know, I, I've come to realize I'm very thankful. Like I, I have a you know a family I love dearly, a uh, wife, three kids, two dogs, and a cat that I would be cool to give away if anybody. Yeah, I was gonna say don't uh, love the cat so much, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I I make sure you know that um, our weekends are our weekends. You know, and, and here in the winter, you know, Wednesdays is early release uh, for my, my son who's in third grade. So, you know, I, I pick him up every Wednesday uh, in the winter at you know whatever it is, 1230 with the car loaded. And we zip up to the mountain and we snowboard for a couple hours together, you know. And so Wednesdays are half days. And I've come to accept that I could be running full charge. I could be doing 100 hours a week on all these efforts and maybe get to certain goals quicker. But at what cost? Yeah, what, what, what good is it if I get to the end and I'm high fiving myself, but my family's gone, you know? And at the same time, I need that time with them to recharge on this other stuff. And so I think the, for me personally, and I can't speak for anybody else, the well roundedness comes from being okay to let things go at the pace they're gonna go if that makes sense, not on Wednesday afternoons with my son, not thinking about all the stuff I should be doing in effort A, B, or C, and just kind of allowing myself to live in that moment. It's all going to get there. It doesn't mean I'm being lazy. It just means I'm being, I'm being prudent and I'm being thoughtful about trying to preserve all of it instead of accelerating one at the cost of another. Is that, does that make sense? hundred percent, man. I mean, yeah. That's definitely my philosophy. I think so it's such a, I wouldn't even say mistake. Everybody gets to choose. You get to design your business right. around your That's life. Right. And if you are just go, 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 grind, 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 work a hundred hours and you're happy with that, great. I think for for myself, if I were to do that, I would look back in 10, 20, 30 years and wonder where the time went. And that that to me is is my biggest fear in life to to have that regret. I don't want to work and build something for tomorrow. I want to enjoy today while building my future and connecting and giving back and, and doing everything I can to build a community around me. But having rules around that, like yourself, I love that early release day. That's my time with my son to go to the mountain. That's, that's perfect for me right now in this season of life. It's every day at five, no matter what, I've done enough for the day. I'm going to go have dinner with my wife and have some intentional time together. And if I have to come back and do a little work later, so be it. But we're going to stop. That's right. We're going to, we're going to take a break and we're going to spend time together. So that's right. Man, we're we're coming up on time here. I've got a billion more questions, but Goodness. we're going to wrap it up. So I have a, okay. I have a choose your own adventure question for you. So you can take All this right. one whichever way you'd like. But number one would be what's your favorite place you visited in the past say five years could be any time or you know, what is a recent adventure you went on and when 
in either case, what was it like or what made it so memorable? What was a favorite meal or, or drink you had or a teachable moment, something that inspired you along the way? Does anything come to mind? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm a few, I'm a few. I've been very fortunate, you know, that the, uh, you know, over the years, pre, pre Puerto Rico, um, some some a good group of uh, dear friends I've known for a long time and we would take a few trips a year to, to all kinds of cool places and um we try to maximize the experience you know and uh I mean we I mean we've surfed in Indonesia we've uh you know uh we've been in the Shanghai tunnels in Bangkok we've uh you know we've run with the bulls in Spain we've done some like no really way. really really <laughs> cool stuff and that's awesome you know that's probably the I think of the running of the bulls um, as probably the single most memorable and unique experiences I've ever had, you know, in, in our travels. And uh, and the reason for that is it's on the one hand you have this this celebration where there's a there's a million people who come into Pamplona for this celebration every year, and it's a celebration of life and it's a celebration of the bulls, and it's I mean, it's a the level of joy that's being exuded by everybody. You make friends in a heartbeat and you dance through the streets and you drink sangria and it goes all night and all day. And it's, and it's, you know, your cheeks hurt from smiling yeah, and laughing with strangers. The it's the best. But then there's the morning <laughs> when the run starts, you know, and we had decided to, to run the first day and I had prepared and done a ton of research because you, you recognize the, the danger of it. But then you, you get in there and, um, you know, it's around six in the morning and these metal shutters are being closed on the business windows, right? Yeah. Tons of people around, spectators, people in the, in the Encierto, the, the run where, where they run. And then they have these huge wood pylons that get dropped on the side streets to create these barricades so that the bulls don't go off into the side streets. And essentially, the way that it works, there's no waiver. There's no one checking you in. No. The way it works is if you're in the in 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 the Encierto, when those wood beams go down, you're running. Like that's it, you know. And so you start to realize this the the as that happens, just the hearing the the the, the sound of the wood beams dropping and just it becomes somber, it becomes more quiet, and it all just kind of settles in you. And it's a different type of adrenaline and anticipation than anything I've ever felt because it's an adrenaline where you realize, I mean. You could die, right? It's like it's for sure. It's like, you get gored by a bull. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's um, and I remember uh, we were again through all the research, it just gets quiet, and so then you're waiting, and there's no signs, no signals, or no anything. And, and I was talking with my my buddy and uh, the guy in front of me who uh, lived there. He heard, and he, he turns and he says, "Okay, the way this works is you're going to hear uh, one uh, uh, siren sound." And that's your signal to, uh, that, that's a signal that the bulls have been released behind us somewhere. And he says, then seven seconds later, you hear another, another one. And I said, okay, well, then what? He says, then you run. And that's it. That's all you get, you know? Yeah. And so it's it, uh, just that the kind of anticipation and leading up to it, it sort of, there've been lots of moments in my life and I'm sure for you and anyone else you know, where you have a choice, right? you can either bail or you lean into it. And it's sort of like, if you lean into it, in some ways you become that, um, you know, the, 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 the analogy of the, the frog in the kettle, 
right? Where you, you throw a frog in boiling water, it jumps out. But if you put a frog in the kettle and you slowly turn up the heat, it, it you know, it eventually boils to death. Yeah. Just a kind of morbid analogy, I guess you think about it. But the truth is like, if you lean into it and you let that water slowly get turned up, I mean, you're only measuring the nervousness or the frustration or the anxiety based off of a few moments ago. But if you can stick through that, and stick through those those tougher, challenging times, and it applies to anything in life or in business. When it's done, the sense of accomplishment and the level of confidence that's created by you knowing that you got through that, that the other side wasn't as bad as maybe it seemed when you were on the first step, right, is invaluable, you know, in my opinion. And that yeah. that's yeah. those experiences kind of remind me of that. You know, when you're 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 cha- you're about ready to, to face something challenging, whether it's with a relationship, in business, personal life, children, and it's like you know it could break you, but you go anyway, and you come out the other side, and it's usually not that bad when you look back. You know, you learn a lot. It's invaluable, in my opinion. Yeah, gotta lean in. Lean, lean into, in, yeah. lean into the uncomfortable situation. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I really, I don't know. I've thought thought about doing the, the running with the bulls, and I've never looked into it. And that that just inspired. You have to do it. Time. So, you have to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to call Talk up some buddies later and and start mapping that, <laughs> that one out. We're going, we're going to run with the yeah. bulls. But bucket list, bucket list. That yeah. is a major bucket list for sure. All right, man. Do you have an ask, challenge, parting advice? Anything else you'd like to, to say or share to people listening before we wrap things up? Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I guess I would just say, you know, if you love people or if you want to love people, but you get nervous socially, force yourself. I mean, it, every it. single thing that I love in my life uh, is because of someone that I met in some way, you know? And so you'd like to, I'd like to think I'd, I do a lot myself, but it's, it's because of relationships. And, and so you know, I, I hope, I hope people learn to take advantage of that more, quite honestly. 100% lean in, lean in, lean in. That's right. So where's the, where's the best place for people to connect with your website, socials, things like oh, that? Oh man, you know, link, LinkedIn is great. Actually, I live on LinkedIn. Um, yep. You know, so it's, uh, it's, I don't know what the full URL is, but it's slash no, we'll, Joshua we'll, M. Jensen. We'll drop it in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You know, or you can go and check out uh, Character ID, which is yeah. our startup. We're, we're going to be in, uh, in beta mode here pretty soon. Pretty excited about it. It's uh, www.mycharacterid.com. It's just a, kind of a landing page, but you can drop your info in there and stay up to date as, as we move forward with things. But uh, yeah, those would be the two best spots, I think. Awesome. Yeah. And I was, I was digging into character ID more before this call. And I mean, I just to say to this, I mean, I'm going to throw a prediction out there. I think this is going to be something that everybody will become familiar with. It's going to be the new, new thing that people see on your resume, because it's just such a better indicator than what we've got right now, really understanding somebody's character and understanding those soft skills and having a clear way to evaluate that and then share that as a you know prospective employee to a company. That's tremendous value there. So I'm excited. Appreciate you saying that. Um, we're yeah, super man. excited about it too. Yeah, thank you. No, of course, man. So we'll put that in the show notes for everyone listening. And thanks again, man. Um, like I said, I'm really looking forward to just continuing to follow your journey. I'll be watching closely and 
you know, I have a hunch that this is just the beginning, even with everything I, you've had <laughs> happen before this, uh, you got a lot of awesome that. things in the works. Appreciate that, man. I love that you're doing this. I think it's a, it's a great, great concept and a great show. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks. Hey. See you. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.